Are your inputs good for your output? Are you tired of spinning your wheels, running in circles, trying to make progress with your career in entertainment and the arts? Well, this is the podcast that will change your life. Each week, we'll share strategies and techniques you can use to achieve more by working better and more effectively so you can reach your goals faster without having to work harder. Hi, I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is More Better Faster. All right, welcome back, everybody, and thanks for joining me. Uh, Today's topic is, are your inputs good for your output? So we all are familiar with the concept of you are what you eat, right, in terms of health and nutrition. Well, I think it stands to reason that your your output, your productivity, your um, your energy, your ability to to function at a high level is also influenced by your inputs. Your output is influenced by your inputs, like what you read, you listen to, you watch, and so on, as well as the people you come into uh, into contact with. And let's face it, we all have have had that experience where you know, sort of a negative vibe coming off of people or situations. It's contagious, and it makes us feel negative. And you know, when someone is depressed around you, you tend to get a little depressed. When someone's angry, it it fosters anger, and so on. So things like news media and social media, and of course, people around you and their negative energy all do have an impact on us and how we, um, how we respond and what, what comes out of our, our, uh, our efforts as well. The th- good news is, though, you do have some control. You can choose what you accept as inputs. So I'm going to propose to you some habits, and I'm also going to share with you a little bit of information about some stuff I've been reading lately uh, just my inputs, basically, and um, I'm going to encourage you to uh, uh, to take a look at things. So let's just start off right off right off the bat here with the the habits that I think. First off, choose your inputs carefully. You know, um, you do have choices about these things. You don't have to uh, sit on Facebook all evening every evening. You don't have to watch the TV news if it brings you down. You don't have to read the read the newspaper or um, or listen to radio talk shows if those things are uh, fostering a sort of negative um, uh, attitude in you. So choose your inputs carefully. I recommend limiting your screen time as much as possible. So, you know, um, uh, this is a little bit of a, a person in glass houses <laughs> throwing stones. I find myself looking at screens, it feels like all the time. Um, but sometimes I'm just reading a book on a Kindle, you know, I'm not, not, looking at Facebook and not watching videos and things like that. And uh, sometimes I do read paper books still. So, you know, try to limit the screen time, just like we do with our kids. You know, we, we recognize that um, too much screen time, too much video games, too much YouTube, that kind of stuff is not good for our kids. And the truth of it is it isn't good for us either. You wouldn't let your, you wouldn't eat uh, junk food that your kids, you, that you wouldn't let your kids eat. Although, Probably we all do occasionally. Uh, same same kind of thing. We want to make sure that we're giving ourselves nourishing inputs. Um, limit access to yourself. Limit your own access to the negative stuff. So maybe take Facebook off your mobile phone. You can still look at it on your computer at home or on your tablet, but don't you don't have to be on Facebook all the time or on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Another aspect of this inputs affecting outputs is that what you see on social media often is I mean you know there's all there was always the cute cat videos and things like that but there's also the um you know look how great my life is kinds of posts and those can be uh can bring you down also if you feel like you're not attaining the level of success that they are and the fact of it is it you're only seeing you know the tip of the iceberg what's really um what they want to show you and 
you know, there's a lot more going on under the surface as they say. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, use the metaphor of the, of the duck gliding across the pond very smoothly. And what you don't know is then we don't see is underneath those, those, those uh, feet are paddling furiously just to, to keep moving and stay afloat. So, you know, limit your access to the messaging that makes you feel in feel ways you don't want to feel and focus on the positives. I am a very big advocate of a gratitude practice, as you probably know. So try to sit down and, and think about some things that you're grateful for. Maybe say them out loud, maybe even post them online so that um, you can, uh, you know, put that foot forward to the world. Um, and, and that goes into, you know, your everyday encounters with the real world. Um, put a smile on your face when you encounter people. Smile and say hello. Smile at the cashier in the coffee shop or, you know, have a little chat and just be upbeat. Um, you know, people ask me, Hey, how's it going? And sometimes I say no complaints, but even that is a backhanded way of saying, well, but I could have complaints. Um, sometimes it's, you know, Hey, things are great. How are they with you? And that is a very upbeat, uplifting thing. And it's contagious, just like it's contagious when somebody says, Oh, things aren't so good. And I've been really tired lately, you know? So I guess what I'm saying is, is try to be the positive influence on the world around you that you would like the world around you to have on you. And Keep that smile on your face and focus on the gratitude. And and here's a great tip. Get your groove on. You know, listen to some music that really gets you going and excites you. Uh, we all have our our favorite songs that just get us raring to go. And um, sometimes it's songs we use for exercise. Sometimes it's just songs you're getting ready to go out for the night or something like that. Maybe you have that that sort of soundtrack that gets you into the right mindset and mode and you can have a you know getting started with my work day mind uh, 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 playlist or something like that i think that's a, a great approach to do i have a couple of songs that i listen to every morning uh when i remember i don't always remember but especially when i'm feeling a little low and i want to get you know the energy going um uh one of my favorite songs is thin lizzie's the boys are back in town it just gets me up and up and going for some reason anyway so get your groove on find the things that that uh charge you up. Maybe it's, you know, you have a little morning routine or something like that. You can build into that some, some, um, meditation and mindset and affirmations and, and, uh, you know, maybe even a few jumping jacks or something just to get the blood flowing, get you into that positive mood and get started and, and, uh, you know, but limit the, the negative inputs and focus on the positive ones. So on that note, I want to just share a little bit about what I have been reading lately, a couple of books that I found uh, interesting and not exactly, um, you know, about success in show business kind of stuff, but just generally success and productivity books. This is the kind of stuff that I, I look for from time to time. One book that I just finished reading, I actually listened to it in a car while I was on a long drive, but it was very uh, useful, is a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. It's a productivity book based on a simple presence, if, uh, a premise, excuse me. If you want more, that is more productivity, income, satisfaction, or time, what you need to do is go small and want less. As the authors put it, you want fewer distractions and less on your plate. All that daily, this is what I'm talking about, all the barrage of emails, texts, calls, meetings, all this stuff keeps you from your most important work. The simultaneous demands of your work and your family, they'll take a toll. And, and what's the real cost in that? You do second-rate work, you miss deadlines, you you may lose out on opportunities, um, maybe you get a smaller paycheck or fewer jobs, and, and there's just, you know, it's stressful. So the book really focuses on a few key points, talking about things like prioritization and goal setting and and 
really focuses a lot of energy on the single tasking. If you're multitasking, you know, it, it's a scientifically been, been proven that uh, multitasking is actually not multitasking. It doesn't work. And every time you have to shift context of what you're doing, it actually takes a big cost on your productivity and adds stress to the situation. So if you have three or four things you're working on, that is going to be much more stressful than just working on one at a time. And so, uh, you know, the, the idea here is work on the one thing that will move the needle the most for you, um, most efficiently and effectively before you move on to the next thing, you know, so start and finish one thing at a time, make sure that one thing is going to make everything else easier or unnecessary. That's really the premise here. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, the one thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. It's available on Amazon. It's available on, uh, audible is how I listen to it. And, and I think it's a, a great, a great book for anybody, whether you're creative or in business or anywhere in between, if you're a student focusing on the one thing. All right. Another book that I read a few months ago, and I really, really liked it, is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. This is a book about dreams and fears and about how beating back your fears and and self-imposed limits can really help make all those dreams of yours come true. Now, some of my big takeaways on this, my big one was learning about the upper limit problem. This is where we're really imposing our own limits by our belief system about what we're good enough for, what we deserve, what we're entitled to. And really what the the book is saying is we impose these limits on our own happiness. Our possibilities are limited only by ourselves and, and what we think, what we believe. Everything we're doing nowadays, when you think about it, was once believed to be impossible, right? The four-minute mile example, remember when, uh, um, I've forgotten his name now, oh, well, the, the fellow who ran the four-minute mile for the first time broke that record, that speed record, and shortly afterwards, then every all the other runners started catching up and, and accomplishing that too. Nowadays, a four-minute mile for a sprinter is not considered anything, well, it's special, but it's not, you know, nothing to get excited about. Most of the sprinters are able to do it because now they believe it's possible. So believing something is impossible is an important consideration. Um, it's an impediment to achieving the impossible. So if you believe anything is possible, if you believe that there are no limits on your ability to achieve, to earn, to accomplish things, then that will become, become true. The things that you aspire to will be possible. If you believe that there are inherent limits, then you will bump into those limits and um, prove yourself right. Sort of like the, uh, the saying, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. (laughs) So, the same thing goes for happiness. Believing that happy moments are rare and short will lead you to a life of less than full happiness, sadness, disappointment, those kinds of things. So, it's really about changing your mindset and then, as a result of mindset change, changing your reality. The other thing that the book talks about is the the idea of fear and self-sabotage. Many people sabotage themselves because they're afraid of failing, so they never try and you know, you never succeed at the things you don't try, or they're afraid of success because that success will have meaning for some reason. So a lot of people sabotage themselves because they're afraid. Uh, if you believe how much you deserve and you think you may get more than that, you might sabotage yourself because you don't want to, you don't want to pass through that limit. Um, that's that upper limit problem that I was saying. It makes us complicate our lives and create unnecessary problems. And, um, the, the, the last thing I want, I took away from this, uh, this book, um, 
the big leap is the idea of the zone of genius. Now, we all have our zones. There's the zone of incompetence and the zone of competence and the zone of excellence and the zone of genius. So, of course, look, you want to strive to work in those last two as much as possible and really the zone of genius as as much as possible, uh, as fully as possible. Look, most of us will settle for that zone of competence or sometimes the zone of excellence. I mean, look, you could be a fantastic ditch digger. You dig them faster, better, deeper than anybody else. And if you're, if that's the way you spend your life, then you are in your zone of probably excellence. If you're a pretty good ditch digger, then it's a zone of competence, right? But if you have more inside you, if you have more um, aspiration, if you want to achieve more, then you have to look at, well, is this really my true genius? Digging ditches probably isn't, but maybe you have inside you ideas about better ways to dig ditches or better machines and equipment to, to do things. And maybe you, your time is better spent in that zone, pondering, inventing, developing, those kinds of things. It's just an example. We all have our zones of genius, competence, excellence, and so on. And I encourage you to figure out what your zone of genius is. It may not be the thing you do for work. You may find that your real zone of genius is creativity or or helping others. Maybe it's cooking or you know, who knows what. And uh, I want to I want you to think hard about spending more time in that zone of genius and finding the ways that that becomes the fulfillment for you that you desire. Now, um, yeah. So so you know, challenge yourself to spend more time in that zone of genius rejigger your priorities and, and your life. Obviously you can't let go of the necessities too soon, but maybe there's ways to find earnings and, and a living in the zone of genius. And if you're a creative person, you're probably already sort of familiar with that. So figure out what you're really, really, really good at, what just gets your juices going where the thing that you would do all the time if you could. You know, the thing that you get caught up in and you forget to eat, you forget to to sleep, you you forget to, you know, do anything else because you're just so in the zone, the zone, right? You're in the zone. That's your zone of genius. So think hard about that and, uh, and get in there and, and focus more energy there. I think you'll see positive outcomes and, and don't give up on what is possible. Everything is possible all the time. There are no limits to what I can accomplish and achieve. There are no limits to what I can earn. There are no limits to the happiness I can experience. All right. So, uh, those are some books that I've been reading. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about some of the, the podcasts that I like to listen to. My absolute favorite go-to, listen to it as often as I can podcast, is Mind Your Business with James Wedmore. James is, is one of my coaches, and uh, I've been working in his programs for a few years now, and uh, I find that a lot of my mindset approach to thing comes from him. James is all about creating success from the inside out. It's a mindset driven approach to business and life success. And, um, it's always inspirational and thought provoking and sometimes a little confrontational. He will get in your face and challenge some of your, your limiting beliefs. And that's important, I think. And, uh, he certainly does mine. And uh, I strongly encourage you to check out mind your business podcast with James Wedmore. That's one of my favorites. Now, another one of uh, of James's coaching clients, I guess you could say she's in a, a high-level mastermind with him, is uh, Shannon Irvin. And she has a show called Epic Success with Dr. Shannon Irvin, spelled I-R-V-I-N-E, like the city in, in Orange County, California. Anyway, she is all about the brain science behind motivation and success. She has uh, a doctorate in, in neuro 
neuroscience, I think it's neurobiology or something, and she talks about the the ways we can reprogram our brain to uh, to change the limiting beliefs, to um, to see the positives, the the things that excite us. One of the thing, one of the things I've learned from both James and and Shannon is something called the reticular activating system. Have you ever had that experience where you decide to buy a new car or you're shopping for something? And as you start thinking about it, all of a sudden, that's the thing you see. You see that same car on the road everywhere you go. You never noticed the, you know, the, the, the Lexus convertible out there until you decided you wanted a Lexus convertible. And now they are everywhere you see. That is your brain tuning in to something that was, it was always there, but you tuned it out. You didn't pay much attention to it. Your brain is capable of, of, selectively focusing on things. And so what we try to do is to train the brain to do that on the positives, the, the, um, uh, the things that we desire and believe can happen. If you focus on the things you believe are limits, then guess what you're going to experience because that's what the brain uh, points you toward. So we have to trust our, our reticular activating system, trust our brain and, and teach it, train it to, to, uh, to point us in the right direction of the things that we want and away from the things that we don't, and then trust our intuition and um, our habits and things. And of course we have to have the right habits. So that's what, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about here. We, we want to make sure that we are focusing on all the positive stuff we can. So uh, one more podcast that I listen to often is um, not really about this stuff so much, but it's online marketing made easy with Amy Porterfield. Now, some, some of you may know Amy Porterfield as a Facebook ads guru or Facebook uh, marketing person. She has expanded her scope into lots of other things, but uh, I find her just always interesting and fun to listen to. She's charming and, uh, uh, and always has something useful to say. I, of course, am into online marketing. Maybe you're not, but uh, give it a listen. Maybe you'll find something interesting. Maybe it will help you find your zone of genius. So what I want to do today is just encourage you to take a look at your inputs and figure out whether they're good for your output. And if they are, fantastic. Accentuate that, you know, build up on that. If not, try shifting things around. Get rid of some of those things. Turn off the Facebook and the and the phone and things like that and, and just, you know, really try to concentrate on the positive, aspirational things that you want and desire and believe in and are grateful for and, um, and uh, adopt the belief that everything is possible all the time, that that there are no limits to what you can accomplish, earn, experience. As the song says, you've got to accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative. So reduce your exposure to news media, social media, and negative people. Listen to uplifting music. Listen to positive, enlightening podcasts. Read good books, even if it's just a chapter a day in the morning or a little bit before bed at night. That can really make a difference. If you're a person who believes in in God and religion, then please, you know, by all means, read some scripture. It can be very inspirational as well. Uh, again, just a little bit a day can be plenty and, and makes a big difference. Of course, read as much as you want. And um, begin and end your days with gratitude and mindfulness and breathing. And connect with spirit if you're so inclined. Go out and have an amazing life. Until next time, I'm Gordon Firemark for More, Better, Faster. We'll see you very soon.